Welcome to Monday Morning Murder in the News with Alyssa Carroll. Good morning, heathens. Happy Murder in the News Monday. What have you guys been up to this weekend? I don't know. Mommy instincts are telling me that some of you were up to absolutely no good. Over in the southern middle where I am, I have behaved myself rather well this weekend, actually. Ran a lot of errands and got things done. Next weekend is New Ink again. My tattoo guy, I'm sure, is getting sick and tired of seeing me. But anyway, let's get into the news. And again, every single one of these articles was sent to me by you guys. So thank you so, so much. I haven't even really had to dig for articles anymore. So you guys are making my job easy. I appreciate that. First article comes from WKYC.com. Title reads, this is coming out of Ohio, and the title reads, Ohio Amber Alert Cancelled. Columbus police find body believed to be missing five-year-old boy Darnell Taylor, suspect Pammy May arrested near Cleveland. Police say the body was found in Franklin County shortly after 1 a.m. Friday when investigators had learned it may be in a sewage drain. Oh, goody. Quote, this is a tragic development and we certainly hoped for a different outcome. Those were the words from Columbus Police Chief Elaine Bryant as she announced early Friday that authorities had found a body believed to be five-year-old Darnell Taylor, the missing child at the center of a statewide Amber Alert earlier this week. So the suspect, identified as his foster mother, 48-year-old Pammy May, has also been found and arrested near Cleveland. Now, Bryant says the body was located in the 1000 block of Marsdale Avenue in Franklin County shortly after 1 a.m. when investigators had learned it may be in a sewage drain. The body's discovery came after Brooklyn police officers responded to Kenvo Senvo on Tiedman Road at around 9.34 p.m. Thursday amid a report of a woman walking suspiciously around the building. The caller described the woman, who was not wearing shoes, as being, quote, distraught and crying. Occasionally, the woman refused to provide her name to the caller or the 911 dispatcher. Quote, the responding officers identified the woman as Pammy May and took her into custody without incident, Brian said. Three News learned that May was taken to Metro Health Medical Center in Cleveland for medical treatment. Quote, Brooklyn Police Department would like to take this opportunity to thank the municipal, state, and federal law enforcement agencies who provided support via resources and personnel. We also would like to extend our appreciation to the private citizens and other private entities for their contributions to this investigation. It is not the resolution we had hoped for, and we extend our condolences to the family of Darnell Taylor. The Brooklyn Police Department will continue to work in cooperation with members of the Columbus Police Department during this investigation, said Brooklyn Police Department Lieutenant Cindy Eschweiler. Bryant said information surrounding the body's potential location was developed while investigators interviewed May. A charge of murder will be filed against May as Columbus police begin the process of bringing her back to Franklin County. 
The statewide Amber Alert was issued early Wednesday morning by Columbus Police. The situation started shortly after 3 a.m. that morning when officers were dispatched to the 900 block of Reeb Avenue in Columbus. Police say the caller stated that his wife, May, woke him up and made statements that made him believe Darnell had been hurt. Uh, police report the caller also said that May abruptly left the residence in a 2015 Jeep Cherokee. That Jeep was found in Brooklyn a few hours later. Picture of the little boy. He was so sweet. He was a cutie patootie. <sighs> People that do stuff to kids, I'm telling you, that's where I do not have any patience. Moving on. Our next article comes from Oxygen.com, Oxygen True Crime. Title reads, Murderer Identified After Woman Sees Witness Sketch and Realizes It's Her College Ex-Boyfriend. When Paige Huser saw, or first saw, the witness sketch of the man who killed her mother, Nina Whitney, it was entirely unfamiliar, quote-unquote. Months later, she realized exactly who it was. When a person is murdered by someone they know, you assume it's a partner or relative or somebody close to their inner circle. But sometimes it's not any of those people. Sometimes it's an acquaintance from decades prior, like in the murder of Nina Whitney. On October 29th, 2010, Paige went to check on her 75-year-old mother, Nina, after not hearing from her. When she entered the home, she found her mother dead at the base of the stairs and quickly called 911. Quote, I showed them my mother's body at the bottom of the stairs. I told police I believed she has fallen over from a heart attack. I believed she has fallen over from a heart attack. She recalled to an unsuspected killer airing Fridays at 8 p.m. 7 central on oxygen. I don't think I have oxygen. But when investigators rolled Whitney over, they realized this was no accident. She had several stab wounds in her chest and many defensive wounds. Her blouse was missing buttons and pulled up to her breasts. There were also signs of sexual assault. Um, authorities scoured the home and, after finding missing buttons by the bed, surmised the attack began there. They discovered the faucet in the bathtub had been left running, which struck investigators as odd. They were also able to find a bent and bloody knife in the kitchen drawer. Whitney's cell phone was missing, the stabbed mother's cell phone was missing, so they put out a trace for it. That turned up a hit nearby, but when investigators tracked it down, the man in possession of the phone insisted he had been walking near Whitney's home when he found it by the street and decided to take it. He had a solid alibi, and DNA found on Whitney's body would prove not to be a match, so he was crossed off of the list of suspects. That's kind of one of those, like, super crazy coincidences if they know that he didn't actually do it, but he had that phone. You know what I'm saying? Somebody had dumped Whitney's phone, though. Somebody had. Investigators spoke to neighbors to determine if they had seen anything the day of the murder. One person actually had. They described seeing a white man in his 50s with a limp and a black Jeep parked by her house that day acting strange. 
The witness was able to describe the man well enough for a composite sketch to be created. Because there were no signs of forced entry, authorities suspected it was somebody that this woman had known. The sketch wasn't illuminating for Huser, though, which is the daughter. Quote, the individual did not look familiar to me at all. I couldn't recognize him for the life of me, she told the producers of that show. Investigators had also sent the DNA found on Whitney's body to be processed, which turned up a match. We love that. It wasn't for a known individual, though. It matched DNA found at a crime scene in a nearby small town, Harrisonville, Missouri. So Harrisonville is just slightly southeast of Kansas City, but the two, well, Kansas City has really big suburbs, the Kansas City metro area, but anyway, um, Harrisonville is just a little southeast of that, just like a little bit. Anyway, Kara Jo Roberts was a married woman with two children and a happy, peaceful life. But on November 5th, 2008, somebody had taken that from her. She had been found in her home, shot dead. Much like Whitney, she had been sexually assaulted and the bathtub had been left running when she was discovered. No viable suspects were ever found. Quote, what concerned us was that we did have a serial killer type situation. Leland Blank, a detective in the Kansas City Police Department, told producers. Investigators tried to establish a link between the two women, but were coming up empty until Whitney's daughter had an earth shattering revelation seven months after the murder while driving down the highway past the billboard with the police sketch of her mother's killer on it. Quote, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It literally all hit me when I was driving down the highway and I glanced up at the billboard. It was just an epiphany. It was Jeff, she told producers. Jeff was Jeff Moreland, Huser's boyfriend from decades ago. The two had dated for three years after meeting in a criminal justice class, and they broke up in 1987. He had gone on to become a police officer. Quote, he was as sweet and charming and funny as one possibly could be. I fell totally in love with him. My mother always said I should have married him, Huser described. She went to the police with her suspicions, and they discovered Moreland had a black Jeep and lived in the same small town as Roberts. When confronted by investigators and asked to supply a DNA sample, Moreland became cagey, continually putting them off. However, they got their chance to obtain his DNA after a woman accused Moreland of attacking and raping her. The victim managed to escape his home and bring authorities there. Moreland attempted suicide afterward, but survived. So after handing over a DNA sample, investigators discovered it matched the DNA found at the Whitney and Roberts crime scenes. Quote, I had no idea what Jeff would become, Huser mused, telling producers the last time she had seen him was in 1994. During that encounter, Moreland told her he would sometimes patrol her mother's street to make sure she was safe. Moreland was ultimately charged with two counts of murder and for the sexual assault. He was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. For more on this case and others like it, watch An Unexpected Killer, airing Fridays at 8, 7 central on Oxygen or stream episodes 
here. It's underlined, it's a hyperlink, but regardless. Interesting. So she knew her own mother's murderer. So that means that that dude, wait a second. So that means that that man knew that he was murdering his ex-girlfriend's mother. I mean, obviously he knew who it was that he was murdered. That's terrible. I mean, murder is terrible anyway, but. Okay, so our next article comes from WSPA.com, 7 News. And it, the title reads, Two Arrested After Children's Remains Found in Concrete Suitcase in Colorado. Coming out of Pueblo, Colorado. Two people have been arrested on charges of murder and abuse of a corpse after the discovery of a girl's body encased in concrete and a boy's remains in a suitcase in Colorado, according to police and public jail records. The City of Pueblo Police Department announced the arrest of Corina Rose Menjares, 36, on Friday. And county jail records show the second suspect, Jesus Dominguez, 35, also was in custody as of Sunday. So police found the girl's remains in a metal container filled with concrete in a storage unit last month. The unit was being cleared out after the rent wasn't paid. As part of the investigation, police began searching for two children last seen in the summer of 2018, Jesus Dominguez Jr. and Yesenia Dominguez. The children hadn't been reported missing, according to the police department's news release. Then, the investigation led police to a vehicle owned by Menjares in a scrapyard, where they found a boy's remains in a suitcase in the trunk of the car. By February 15th, DNA testing showed the remains belonged to the two missing children. Police did not offer details on any relation between the victims and the two arrested. Court records show both are being held on a $2 million bond and court hearings are scheduled for Wednesday. Available court records did not identify attorneys for the two who could comment on their behalf. What? I, ugh, kids. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our next article comes from KMPH.com, Fox 26 News. Title reads, Four Missing Teenagers in Bakersfield in Span of 48 Hours. Authorities Urge Vigilance. Okay, coming out of Bakersfield, California. And then side note again, if you hear the dogs... I apologize. I just don't want to sit in the closet of shame. It's getting hot in there. <laughs> anyway, Bakersfield, California. So Jessica Gilmore, Venus Avila Gallardo, Zaira, Z-A-I-R-A, Fragoso, and Latrix Villanueva, all teenagers reported missing to the Bakersfield Police Department in the span of 48 hours. On social media, many shared their concerns about the children's safety in Bakersfield. Lori Meza with the Kern County Sheriff's Office said the alerts seen shouldn't put you in fear for your child's safety. Quote, most of the time it's absolutely not you know an abduction. I feel like there should have been a comma in that. Most of the time it's absolutely not you know an abduction. 
If it is an abduction, it's something we let the public know, said Meza. It's not your kid getting snatched up at the mall anymore. It's your kid going on social media and talking to someone that they shouldn't be talking to, end quote. And I wholeheartedly agree. If any of my young children, younger, you know, high school, junior high children are listening, you listen to me, okay? Just because he says he's trustworthy or she says she's trustworthy and she's telling you all the things that you always wanted to hear, if it's too good to be true, it is. Do not send anything that you don't want copied and spread everywhere. I'm just saying, you need to be very careful. People, the really bad evil people will tell you, they figure things out about you that are personal enough that they will then use those things to tempt you and you will never suspect it. Please be careful. I digress. So this led many to speculate on social media. Most teens are just runaways and will return home. However, Meza said KCSO makes missing person reports, takes missing person reports very seriously because it's difficult for the department to differentiate a runaway from a missing person. Quote, you're seeing a child go missing and then you know foul play was suspected or something did happen to them. Although a lot of these cases are not that case, they are just a child who's out on the streets. It's still a child. Now, Derricka Wilson with the Black and Missing Foundation said, runaway or not, it's important for the community to take the reports seriously. Quote, there's this perception in society that if a child runs away, he or she brought on whatever they are enduring on themselves because they decided to leave. So we need for everyone out there to understand that human trafficking is a huge issue. Mental health is a huge issue, said Wilson. So this is why officials emphasized communication is crucial when it comes to finding missing persons, especially within the first 48 hours. Quote, we know that someone out there knows something and we just need that one person to share the information, said Wilson. For those who don't feel comfortable with reporting to law enforcement, Wilson said the Black and Missing Foundation helps those with reporting missing loved ones and the tips. Quote, if it was your child who was missing, you'd want... Okay, whoever wrote this, I don't understand why magazines and news companies and, and periodicals and, and such and so forth do not contact me to write some of these things for them because these writers... Ain't it? Where's the punctuation? Where's the spelling? Where's the grammar? But anyway, it says, quote, if it was your child who was missing, you'd want, you'd want someone to share that post. You'd want people to be diligent, said Meza. No period at the end, no commas. The Bakersfield Police Department has not reported any of the four teens found. If you have any information, and yes, this article is about the teenagers, not me bitching about the writing. Um, if you have any information, you are urged to call the police department. If you or a loved one believe you are being trafficked, you can call the human trafficking hotline at 888-737-7888. Rewind that, write it down if you need to. Um, I'm looking at the pictures and these are four teenage-ish looking girls and I do I don't know I can't speak of course but my gut instinct says it is sex trafficking which is horrifically terrifying and awful 
So our next article is the one I've been looking forward to telling you guys because I watched a whole, watched slash listened to a whole thing about this guy and you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm supposed, let's just say that I'm supposed to say vigilante justice is not okay. I'm supposed to say that, wink, wink. So I didn't read this article because, you know, I'm being honest. I do not read these ahead of time, but I've been looking forward to this one. Here we go. This comes from rollingstone.com. Title reads, Lost Prophets singer and convicted pedophile Ian Watkins stabbed in prison. If you guys want me to cover Ian Watkins, I'll be more than happy to do so. I'm not scared to cover pedophiles. Just understand it will be disturbing, but this, his story, messed up big time. Okay. Alt metal singer serving a 29 year sentence for charges, including the rape of a child and conspiracy to rape a baby was taken hostage by three inmates on Saturday. Former Lost Prophets singer and convicted pedophile Ian Watkins sustained multiple stab wounds after being held hostage by other inmates in the British prison where he is currently serving a 29-year sentence on sex offenses involving young children. Following the incident, Watkins was hospitalized with injuries the Sky News reported were, quote, not life-threatening, end quote. Um... Boo. According to their report, Watkins was taken hostage by three fellow prisoners Saturday morning, leading to a six-hour standoff with corrections officers during which Watkins was repeatedly stabbed and beaten by the inmates. Um, And then in parentheses here, it says the mirror, however, wrote that Watkins injuries are life threatening with a source telling the British tabloid there are fears he could die. If he survives, he'll have been very lucky. End parentheses. So take that as you will. A prison service spokesperson said in a statement, quote, police are investigating an incident which took place on Saturday at HMP Wakefield. We are unable to comment further while the police investigate. Watkins is currently 10 years into a 29-year prison sentence for a litany of heinous sex offenses, including the rape of a child who was under the age of 13, conspiracy to rape a one-year-old baby girl, the possession, and also the possession of CP. And then in parentheses, it says, during trial, it was revealed that the password to encrypted files on his computer was I-F-U-K-K-I-D-Z. End parentheses. I'm not even going to say that out loud. It's disgusting. He is serving his sentence at England's HMP Wakefield, one of the country's most notorious prisons, dubbed the, quote, Monster Mansion, as its residents include serial killers, murderers, and pedophiles. Prior to his convictions, Watkins was the frontman and lyricist of the Welsh alt band, no, the Welsh alt metal band, Lost Prophets, which scored four top 10 records in the UK, including 2012's Weapons, released two months before Watkins' June 2012 arrest. How awkward for his bandmates. He was convicted and sentenced in December of 2013. In 2019, Watkins was given 10 additional 
months in prison after a mobile phone was found in his possession. He argued that he was forced by the prisoners to hold on to the phone. While fighting the charges, Watkins refrained from revealing which prisoners gave him the phone out of fear, saying he was locked up with, quote, murderers, mass murderers, rapists, pedophiles, serial killers, the worst of the worst, end quote. As if he does not belong to one, two, two of those labels that he's bitching about. So anyway, I'm not going to wish harm on people. I'm not going to wish harm on people. And here we have another one. Coming from WBAY.com, ABC2. Title reads, Amber Alert, mother of missing two rivers boy and another man in custody. Search reaches day three. So two rivers, Wisconsin. Three-year-old Elijah Vu of Two Rivers is still missing. He's the center of an Amber Alert issued on Tuesday afternoon. Action 2 News was expecting to get a bit more information about the ongoing investigation Thursday afternoon when the boy's mother was supposed to appear in court, but that has been delayed, we are told, until Friday afternoon. Now, the documents have been sealed, so very little information is being released. But here's what we were able to confirm this morning before that happened. Through the Manitowoc County Clerk's Office, we learned Elijah's mother, Katrina Bauer, has been in police custody since about 4 a.m. Wednesday morning. We know she is facing a possible charge of party to a crime of child neglect. Bauer was supposed to appear along with another man who is also facing a possible charge of child neglect. So this man's name is Jesse Vang, connected by court documents to the area where Elijah Vu went missing. He has been in police custody since the Amber Alert was issued on Tuesday. No one has been officially charged as the investigation continues. Both Vang and Bauer are expected in court on Friday at 12.45 p.m. At this time, police have not named any suspects, but the search continues. Quote, I think it's awesome that a small community will come together for this cause. The fact that no one knows who this little boy is, but we're all here for him, said Brett Novotny, a new Holstein resident. Action 2 News' Emily Riley spent the day in Two Rivers to see how search efforts were continuing on the third day. Community members have started to or started an interactive map to mark locations searched. They all told us they're searching with their loved ones in their mind. Some even drove over an hour to help search. Quote, I know just as us individuals came together and were like, let's just go out and search the streets, we've been driving on since we were kids. Quote, he doesn't deserve to be wherever he is right now. He deserves us to be out here looking for him and trying to bring him back home. End quote. Action 2 News' Brittany Schmidt touched base with the FBI this afternoon and were told Two Rivers Police remain on point on this investigation. The FBI is assisting both local and state authorities with resources. Schmidt asked what kind of resources and they say it's confidential at this time. The Two Rivers Police Department has released an update on the search confirming a search at Hickory Meadows Landfill was related to the church. 
no, related to the search. Wow. Here's to hoping that they find that little boy. And then I think our last article comes from fox10phoenix.com. Title reads, Human Skulls, Stolen Vehicles, Drugs and Guns Found at Mesa Auto Shop. Two arrested. So coming out of Mesa, Arizona, two people were arrested after authorities say multiple stolen vehicles, drugs, guns, and two human skulls were found at a Mesa automotive business. The incident happened on February 8th at Meadows Auto, located near First Avenue and Country Club Drive. The Arizona Department of Public Safety says detectives served a search warrant on the business and found seven stolen vehicles, including a 2008 Ford pickup truck, a 2016 Arctic car, a forklift, and four trailers. So two pounds of methamphetamine, wonder if it's the blue meth, breaking bad, Two rifles, one sawed-off shotgun, and two human skulls were also found. The skulls were turned over to the Maricopa County Medical Examiner's Office for further investigation. The owner of the auto shop, 45-year-old Eddie Meadows, was arrested and booked into jail. He is accused of multiple charges. A second suspect, 40-year-old Tara Montgomery, was also arrested. She is accused of drug charges. Oh, that's like the whole article. Well, anyway, so we're talking about human skulls, stolen vehicles, methamphetamine, and guns. That is a whole mess. Anyway, so that's the end of Monday Morning Murder in the News. I hope you guys had a fantastic week last week and a good weekend. Those of you that worked over the weekend, you are highly and truly appreciated. Please remember that. Um, you guys working in customer service, bless you. I see people being so rude. I go out of my way when it like I'm standing in line to pay for something and the person in front of me is freaking rude. First and foremost, they're getting stink eye as long as they don't get like aggressive or something. And then secondly, when I walk up, I am the nicest person, ask them how they're doing, do an eye roll with them, whatever it takes to try to help cheer them up. And I think we should all do that because customer service is probably the worst thing in, like you could do. There are probably people out there that love that job. I am not one of them and I don't know many people who are. So we, we do appreciate you. Um, I started the new job. I like it very much. Um, it's not as complicated as what I was doing, so it's not leaving me just absolutely brain fried at the end of the day. So I'm super happy with the new job. I hope you guys are doing great. I love you guys very much. Have a good weekend. Bye!